They're expecting us, but they'll get more than they expected. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And they complained about time too, about not playing the NDE. It was free for all, and I heard him say, he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, cause you're incapable NMs. Hello, hello, and welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this week I have mostly been doing unboxings. And what you're about to hear is a collection of recordings made over the past couple of weeks. Essentially, a series of unboxings. And there's so many that I'm going to separate them into two episodes. In this episode, I've collected together all the scenes that I received. But before I get into any of that, I believe I have an apology to make to the creator of Cairn, Mr. Yochai Gal. It seems I've been mispronouncing his name probably ever since I discovered his Dungeon World hack, One Shot World. And following a little bit of research, um, I realised that Che Webster interviewed Yochai back about mid-2019 regarding One Shot World. I should have known better. So if you're listening, Yochai, apologies. Last week, we said goodbye to our last guests of the season, closed our doors, and my wife had booked a few days away in Aberdeen, a well-earned break. I returned just in time for a playtest of the Alluvial Plains being run by David Sermon, the first time he'd run the system, and um, myself and Tom Barbelay were playing Tom had managed to rally round and get a few other players. And that turned out to be a really, really enjoyable session. Then um, that evening, my parents arrived, closely followed by my sister and brother-in-law and niece. They're up for the week and it's been really nice seeing them. Uh, my dad thought I was looking really well. My sister commented that she thought I'd lost a bit of weight, which was nice. My brother-in-law said that I was looking particularly smart. And my mother, who usually complains about the length of my hair, now that it's short, she said, why are you growing a beard like that? Your uncle Gordon shaved off his beard and he looked 10 years younger. So thanks for that, mum. You never cease to disappoint. Sadly, the same can't be said for me. Anyway, that's enough therapy. It's also my birthday. It's funny, I handled turning 50 quite well, I think, on reflection. But the idea 
that in the blink of an eye, I'm now one year into my 50s, that's a bit of an unsettling realisation. But uh, yeah, there you go. It's just nice that I've got a whole bunch of unboxings to take my mind off such matters. But before that, let's get on with answering a couple of messages. Papa Spencer, will you please tell us a ghost story? Will you please tell us about the experiences some of the folks that have stayed in your spooky-ass manor house have had? Please! Please! Before Halloween. That was Joe Richter there of Hindsightless, and boy, did I not come through with the goods there. Really sorry, Joe. To be honest, I don't really know much of what's gone on around this place other than the lady who often comes in to help with breakfast and clean rooms has sworn that she's felt somebody tapping her on the back while she was busy cleaning, turn round to see nothing there. Also, a friend of ours came to stay with us, took a few photographs of the interior of the house and swears that there are orbs pictured on the stairs. Personally, it looks like flecks of dust to me, but then I'm an unbelieving heathen. So, but that's all too little too late, Joe, isn't it? Sorry about that. It's uh, been a bit of a crazy couple of weeks, as you've no doubt already heard. But thanks very much for your call. Talking of things that may or may not go bump in the night, here's Taylor of Cleric's Wear Ringmail. As the father of two and two-thirds children who were conceived via in vitro, I can personally attest that if you did want a second one, sex is totally gratuitous and is by no means a requisite for the reproductive process. Which is fortunate, uh, because I think that there is a natural process to it. Uh, first, you do it without the procreative aspect, then you do it with the procreative aspect, and then the uh, procreatees kind of prevent it from ever happening again. So, my two coppers. Thank you for those two coppers there, Taylor. Now, if you haven't guessed already, we did miraculously manage to have a second child. Don't ask me how that happened. But even if we were crazy enough to want a third, the opportunities for that to actually uh, come to fruition are few and far between. As you obviously well know. Thanks for sharing. So, I've got a few things to open. I'm going to start with some zines, but this first one, full disclosure, is already open. But it deserves a mention. 
This is a zine, um, slightly bigger than A5, but broader than A5. It's uh, the height is is A5, but it's yeah, it's much broader. And it's called Mouth Brood by Amanda Lee Frank, and this is published by Games Omnivorous. On and on the back cover here, we've got Manifestus. Omnivorous. One, all books are adventures. Two, adventures must be system agnostic. Three, adventures must take place on Earth. Four, adventures can only have one location. Five, adventures can only have one monster. Six, adventures must include saprophagy or osteophagy. I'm sure I can work out what those mean given time. Seven, the adventures must include a voracious eater. Eight, adventures must have less than 6,666 words. Nine, adventures can only be in two colours. The lost rule. Number ten, the adventures cannot have good taste. And, uh, well, I think that's a, a sensible manifesto right there. Now, the cover, I said that was on the back cover. The cover is actually... It slides off, and it's also a three-level hex map consisting of seven hexes on each level, apart from the, the base level, which includes an additional hex, which is the entrance area. Now, Mouth Brood is something I picked up because I noticed it was based on Roadside Picnic and the Southern Reach Trilogy. Um, and I should probably do an episode based on the materials I've picked up in that vein because it is something that attracts me. These are things that I'm very much drawn to. So uh, recommendations for using the book, read through the bestiary, try to memorise some of the creatures and how they behave, print out spreads, undergrowth, canopy, and emergent and set them up as a screen separate the map from the book and keep it close at hand use the physical book only for the bestiary when running the adventure this is the star of the module and the thing that will keep you mostly occupied um, what is this the biosphere has been buried in a glacier for millennia you cannot see anything through the glass but leaves and mist and smears of algae. But something's moving in there. Something's clicking and humming and crying. Thousands of things. Millions. Mouth Brood is a system agnostic adventure in an ecological pressure cooker, a perfectly sealed terrarium swarming with life that's been contorting itself to survive since the Paleozoic era. Specialised creatures in a cannibal world that feeds itself on its own blood. If you survive, you'll have to make a decision. Are you going to let them out? That's a good start. Um, so we've got how to play. The dome, undergrowth, random encounters. Uh, this is, is a very unique looking supplement, this. Um, it's black and white with a kind of um, sort of uh, 
like a toxic green colour, something almost bioluminescent about it. But this is essentially an area with a bestiary and the adventurers are there to investigate the life forms living in this area, take observations, samples, and then get the heck out of there. The bestiary is very unique. Um, the creatures have names that I'm not even going to attempt to read out here. And the, the illustrations for the creatures are as bizarre as their names might suggest. Um, each of the entries has a D4 table to denote what the creatures are doing when you encounter them. And um, yeah, yeah, a real unique feel to this thing. Very interesting. Not sure how many pages there are. What, 30, 36 pages. And um, yeah, lovely little book that is too. Obviously with this removable cover that contains the map inside. Really nice stuff. I realise with my recent little unboxings that I've been doing that when I've had an envelope, I've been saying unopening. Unopening? Really? Wouldn't really involve anything at all, would it? An A5 envelope. Do not bend. It's not bent. Always a good start. I've got no idea what's in here, so uh, let's have a look, shall we? Oh. Ha ha ha. It's the... Um, they recently did a Kickstarter for a reprinting of uh, Black Hack 2nd Edition, the box set. And, uh, well, I already have the Black Hack box set. It was the first RPG product I believe I bought on returning to the hobby. And um, part of that reprint included some additional bits that weren't in the original box set. So I was able to uh, obtain those additional bits. I think it was just a few quid or something. So what have we got here? Two little books, A6 books. One's called Law, a Spirit of DIY Tabletop RPGs. The thing the Black Hack encourages, above all, is the freedom to mould the rules, customising them to both suit the preferences and meet the needs of everyone playing. In other words, change the rules, hack it and make it yours. And then it summarises the rules, attribute tests. Then you've got the six attributes with what they should be applied to. Then we've got uh, contents pages, basically some blank pages. So it's, essentially it's a little notebook um, for sort of homebrew rules, I guess. So that little spirit of DIY thing, the attribute tests, that's all on the inside cover of the notebook. And inside the inside of the back cover has uh, limited resources and the usage die. 
I know there's been a lot of talk about usage dying, a lot of anchor podcasts recently, and I haven't really contributed to that discussion at all. I've got to say, I'm kind of on the fence. I think it's, in a way, it's a neat little idea, but at the same time, I don't really think it simplifies anything um, and introduces ambiguity where there might not necessarily need to be any ambiguity. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit about the use of usage die, the die chain there, a little bit about what it's used for, an advantage, disadvantage, and just a little summary of that section of the rules. So, yeah, it's a very condensed version of the rules on the inside cover of that notebook which which is kind of handy that then it comes with i've got like a sort of postcard here with uh all poison effects on it uh d6 mild poison d6 moderate poison d6 severe poison d6 out of action and a little panic table and hindrances weakened distracted stuck paralyzed slowed confused morale and uh yeah a little bit about when to roll for morale and another little book here locales and this is another notebook which is cool we've got lined pages grids hex pages and another postcard, powerful foes, ongoing damage, out of action, table, armor, initiative, attacking and defense. So, yeah, not really adding uh, any real content to the game, but just a couple of little handy notebooks encouraging you to, um, you know, create your own content. And just a very brief summary of rules and cards with tables on, basically. So not really essential stuff, but a nice addition to the box set, I felt. And, it, you know, it was only a couple of quid, I think, to get that. So... rather strange looking black envelope here some white dots spattered across it um, from Tara Collins Planetary Games 155 Liberty Street NESTE 350 Salem curious it's such a nice envelope I'm going to very careful opening this I've got no idea what this is right we're in ah this is a zine quest thing that I, I backed completely forgotten all about the amnesiac 
Space Whale and Renegade Nebula. It's very it's very slim, very nice uh, quality card though. That cover is that's a thick bit of card there. And what we've got inside. Amnesiac Space Whales and you getting the most from this zine. Get your favourite D100, 2D10s or a pack of playing cards. Roll and draw a card for a quadrant descriptor. Optional, roll multiple times for increasingly bizarre encounters. You assume all liabilities for the resulting silliness. More than 7 million ridiculous random encounters for you and your crew. Roll a D100, draw a card from each of the four tables to come up with strange adventures such as a virus that falls in love with a crew member, a dead colour or a hive of space cats searching for meaning in an uncaring universe. So that's the Amnesiac Space Well and Renegade Nebula from ZineQuest 3. And... Uh, yeah, there's a nice little bookmark in there too. I do love a bookmark. There we go. I mean, that's only about 12 pages long, I think. But offers up a nice variety of results. What have we got here? A little something something and with care it's uh, sort of an A4 box I guess this is from Thirsty Meeples I've got a feeling the contents are going to be an A5 zine nicely wrapped in a bit of kind of Almost like wax paper, that's all like that. And this is Merkborg Cult Ferratory. This is the any award winning supplement that includes all kinds of uh, random goodness. Now, I know Jason Connolly, if you're listening, I know you think that the Merkborg is some art project that people love creating content for but nobody actually really plays it well i hope to change that and while i'm no metalhead i do like the look of the system and i'm more than happy to dive into this doom soaked setting because i, I you know i like the kind of tongue-in-cheekness of it i guess if you if you can't laugh at the end of the world, what can you laugh at? That's the way I see it. Anyway, this is quite well sealed. I don't think I'm going to be opening that right now. But I'm going to pause this recording and come back to you when I've breached this cellophane. So, the ferretory. The unmistakable... Black on yellow, a big screaming horn skull on the front. Merkborg cult, death, devilry, 
and strange forbidden knowledge, lost souls, cursed treasure, and the road to damnation. Let's have a quick look on the back here. The black salt. Dinehall offered blood gold on this beast. A wyvern terrorised them for months, scooping up children from the streets and tearing open roofs. We tracked it, killed it, hard work, and spilled the blood for blood-claimed gold. We set up camp just to tend wounds and quench thirst. A day, maybe, we thought. Then came the storm of black salt. We stitched tents from the beast's flesh, sheltered in its stinking ribs. Oh, how I hate this salt. Somehow it seems to know when I must catch my breath. That's an excerpt written by Shelley Grave, Corpse Hunter. So we've got um, a little roll for Black Salt Winds Intensity. Random table on the back. Little D4 table. And then a D12 Salt Suffering Consequences of a Failed Test. And uh, some rather disturbing results here. Black Salt Bloat. Your gut bloats, everything tastes of salt to the point of sickening and you cannot sleep. Lose D4 hit points a day for four days. Well, that sounds pretty harsh. I haven't even got inside yet. So, what is this? Merkborg is a role-playing game about miserable bastards, tomb robbers and heretics enduring a bleak and dying world. The Merkborg cult is our community content program where anyone can create stuff and send it our way. If we like it, we edit it, make art and lay it out for free download on Maltbog.com. Maltbog Cult Ferretary compiles such content along with other official things. Hope you like it. So, yeah, as it says there, a lot of this stuff is available freely online, but... Um, there is some exclusive content in here. And one of the reasons I picked this up is because I backed a Kickstarter for a, a Merkborg solo game called Solitary Defilement, I believe it's called. And in it, it says it utilizes the ferretory. Essentially, it's a bunch of solo tools for Merkborg, somewhat inspired by Ironsworn. Uh, and it says it utilises some of the tables from the ferretry. So I figured I would uh, pick this up. And yeah, essentially it is just a whole bunch of random tables. There's little maps, encounters, strange creatures. D100 items and trinkets. More monsters. What's this? Some uh, loose pages. What's that? A little dark fault. A slightly adapted and translated version of the solo micro game that became Merkborg. Grab a handful of dice, a pencil and paper and begin the perilous delve into dark fault there you go little solo game 
tucked in here a couple of what looks like sort of character venture tracking sheets and then we've got a lot of um, of the disturbing looking weapons and uh, other items the grey gawk in bunch of tables about what's going on in the inn there cursed skinwalker what's this another another creature the pale one dead god's prophet a forlorn philosopher um yeah just filled with all kinds of useful stuff it would appear so that is ferritary from the stockholm cartel occult orc master games at 62 pages that's quite a chunky little zine Got a couple of packages here. Um, little uh, card board envelope, A5 size, and a larger box. I'm not really sure what either of these things are, so this could be quite interesting. I'm going to go for the card envelope first. Oh, aha, this is from Rook's Press. I picked up a copy of Oz Browning's OZR, or OZR, if you're that way inclined. Um, and a uh, very nice little book it is too. Thick grey card cover. Um, this is a a very a, a simple rules light game. Well, let's see if Oz can explain it. OZR borrows ideas from 2400 by Jason Toki. Freebooters on the Frontier by Jason Lutz. Into the Odd by Chris McDowell. Mouse Ritter by Isaac Williams. So You Want to Be an Adventurer by Jared Sinclair and a bunch of old editions of D&D. So this is kind of a OSR. Well, it's probably more like what Jason would call an NSR, a term that I'm not really on board with yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Give these things time. Um, but it's uh, very nicely illustrated and um, nice legible print which is always good before you play paraphernalia da, da, da. Uh, it's d6 um, is it just one d6 or is it oh look this is this is helpful what is the osr <laughs> let's see how uh, oz gets on with this one the old school revival 
is a tradition of role-playing focused on adventure, exploration and survival. Worlds of the OSR are dangerous and characters fragile, but courage and guile are richly rewarded. I was more than a little apprehensive when I first started exploring the OSR. It's just so vast. Endless blog posts and chats, ancient out-of-print rules documents, hack upon hack upon hack. The OSR is folkloric and communal, hand-carved and labyrinthine. But a cautious delve into the OSR is worth it. There's treasure within, fantastic stories of daring and survival in places strange, dark and magical. OZR, in brackets, with a Z specifically, so there we go, let's clear that up, is a framework for running games in the OSR tradition and being a framework, it is incomplete. It needs you. You might hand wave those gaps or cross those bridges when you come to them. Your decisions create the game. I think that's a nice little, nice little summary there. Nice one, nice way to kick things off. Um, you'll need writing materials and six-sided dice. So it's, I, I guess that's more than one d six to play. So I think this is um, well, it's a d six system. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many d six are involved. So let's have a look at the system. If you if you're a player. You're an adventurer, brave or foolish, willing to march, brackets or creep into danger in search of fame and fortune. You'll start with a trait, a weapon, some equipment and a little luck. So, start with one trait. Trait sets you apart from your companions. They describe what you're good at, what options you have to avoid danger or maybe just the first thing people notice about you. And there's a few suggestions here. Alert, big, charming, clever, cunning, daring, deceptive, devout, fierce, friendly, nimble, precise, quick, resolute, scary, small, sneaky, strong, tough, or weird. Items you start with, six torches, one week's rations, a weapon, and three additional pieces of equipment. Certain items such as armour, shields and weapons can be broken to avoid injury or death. Broken items are not useful until they are repaired or replaced. You start with one luck. Luck improves your odds when you make a save and can be spent to avoid injury, exhaustion or death. Your luck will improve with experience. So we've got a weapons list, equipments list, um, saves. If the referee asks you to make a save, roll a d6 die and try and avoid danger. If you roll equal to or under your current luck, you succeed. Otherwise you fail and face cons consequences such as injury or exhaustion. Um, one is always a success. 
and six is always a failure. If you have an obvious advantage, such as a relevant trait, useful item, or help from a friend, roll 2d6 and take the lowest result. So I was going to say that I see a bit of, uh, I was going to say osseous, purer, in here, but um, obviously you're, you're playing with advantage and disadvantage, and uh, you know, it's essentially a single d6 system combat injury exhaustion rest that's just a really nicely laid out nicely illustrated nice paper um then there's some referee advice preparation description magic spell casting spell list dank dungeons uh that's good it's got a little Little mini dungeon in here, little map to explore. Some uh, some caves and uh, locations um, with uh, you know creature encounters attached to the locations. A pyramid portal. So it looks like there's. there's this, it's just a nice, really nice little book that you could slip in your back pocket, take anywhere, sit down and play a game. Um, I don't think it's doing anything particularly revolutionary, but it's just a little bundle of uh, neat ideas, uh, nicely presented. That's uh, Oz Browning. Um, also, the rules are available for free online. I'll put a link to Oz's itch page. So, what is in those other boxes? Find out next time on Keep Off the Borderlands. Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ.
Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.